Welcome back to Ghostly Talk. This is Scott L. This is Amber. Happy New Year. Almost. Well, it's not, yeah. But maybe by the time you listen to this show, it'll be 2021. You're probably busy. And the world will be a better place. It's a new year. We'll start over. It won't be a dumpster fire anymore. (laughs) <laughs> yeah right i hate to be i hate to, i wish i was more optimistic but uh, i don't know man yeah we'll see yeah uh hopefully yeah this is uh gonna be our last show of 2020 yeah uh, at least i would say that i i'm happy ghostly talk was productive this year we did a lot of productive? cool stuff yeah very pro- pro- productive <laughs> productive 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 um, we, I think word. we did a lot of really great stuff this year. I had a lot of really talked to a lot of talked to and made, you know, met a lot of really great people. We call friends now. I'll say that. Um, so I'm really happy with, with, with how ghostly talk went. I'm really happy. That's one of the few things this year. I think for me that I can say this went really well. We had a lot of great stuff happen here. Well, and doing this type of medium, uh, is actually lends itself to like what's going on in the world right now because it's you can sit and talk talk to people on the phone. You don't have to yeah, yeah. like connect with them in person. Although it's nice to have people like here with us in the basement because it's just a different environment like vibe. We kind of built the studio out for that. Like, yeah, there's more lot lots of mics, lots like of stuff. Four more people could fit yeah, in here. Lots of expansion. We 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 built that all into the system here and yeah, it's it's okay, but we really it'd be nice to use it. Yeah. Someday. With masks Soon. on or I don't know, something Soon. like that. Um, but yeah, it's the end of the year. I do have to, I do want to mention to people because I'm obsessed with this right now. Uh, I want to pimp something. Don't and say I, the word pimp. We, That's you, off color. I said it earlier too. I know. Why is it off color? I said it towards the end of the, uh, people, I heard that, that word. I heard that word now. Is it because of the sex work, sex trafficking? Yeah, I heard that. And uh, I'm, I'm, and I'm actually right behind that. I can understand that. So I'm trying to stay away from that word too. But I said, no, I said it at the end of the show, we're about ready to let you guys hear so i don't know better but so I'm, but i'm gonna well, call maybe, you to the rug maybe that's why i said it because you said it i'm calling you to the rug all right no. i would like to promote something that i enjoyed this weekend there you go that's okay. better promote all right promote all right and i i want i want everybody that has disney plus to go watch soul it oh yeah you've been talking about that all week pixar oh. flick and i some like my my cousin who is more into like the just frou-frou fun disney movies yeah I was like, go watch it. Watch it now. You're going to love it. And she was like, eh, it was so, so. Um, and so what I think a lot of our listeners will appreciate. Because they don't talk that way. And like, well, that's, I have interpretate. I interpret everyone's voice differently. People, yeah. listen, listeners of the show know I have voices for everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, the show deals with the afterlife, but not really the afterlife. It's like a in-between <laughs> place where souls are created. And it's a, it's an interesting concept of, how Pixar chose to animate this using abstraction and just it was neat. And then the whole time I'm listening to this background music, which is part jazz, part this ambient, I, something cool going on. Well, then I find out um, I can't remember the person who did the jazz, but he's on he's one of the the composers on one of the late night talk shows anyway. But the other guy that's involved, Trent Reznor, Nine Inch Nails. Like one of my all-time favorite bands. Nine Inch Nails. So while there's Snails. like this medley being played Snail. by Jamie Foxx's character, I, I just was like sucked into it because now that I know it's Trent Reznor, I'm like, yeah, that was like Nine Inch Nails in a Disney movie. It was so cool. It was so cool. So if – I just recommend it. Cool. <laughs> Check it out. No, I like what you explained was kind of interesting. I may have to sit down with that you too. You should. You should. I know you wouldn't want to watch it a second time because you're not like a cartoon guy, but – um, and it's not as it, I think it had a little bit of like a moment when you're like, oh, get a little teary eyed. It's, well, it's not as bad as up. Up, up. The first ten minutes will destroy you. That's that just soul crushing. Like I just God. sat there on the couch looking at you, going, the, "Why? Why? Did, what mon- did I do to piss you off today to make you to have to watch the this? montage of someone's life? Brutal, brutal. Just from beginning to end in that first like segment is like. Brutal, oh, brutal. God, but it is a cute. Up's a cute movie. Stairway Spirits, a new one will be going up after the new year. Yeah, taped a new one uh, last week or over the weekend, uh, and we decided we're going to put that up after the new year. So there'll be a new Stairway Spirits going up, and then uh, one or two more in January. I'm going to shoot for. It's kind of all up in the air right now. We'll see where it goes. But uh, if you, I hope you guys and, are enjoying that. Yeah, and as always, if you have stories about stairways uh, that you want to share with Scott, hop on the website. Stay Stairway Spirits at ghostlytalk.com. Yeah. 
and uh, or hit us up on social. However you want to communicate with us. Smoke so, signal. Social media gift baskets. I'll give you my address. You can just come on the porch. Meet we'll make coffee cheeses. and we'll talk it over in the porch. Uh. <laughs> or I'll put I'll set up the propane heater in the garage and we can stay warm in the garage and talk about it. socially distance across from a table. Okay. Or something. Uh, or we can meet in the parking lot. We can we can meet in a, a, a mall parking lot with our hats on. And that's our coats. scary. Don't do that. And, and yeah, well, yeah, maybe you can sell me a TV set or something too. But you no. can give me your story. Anything, however you want to do it, reach out to us. But yeah, the easiest I would think is Stairway Spirits at GhostlyTalk.com. Yeah. Thank you. Um, what happened tonight? Well, thank you. <laughs> is that the end of your service yeah. announcement? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we we had a. a uh, cool dude on is that my voice that was you is that, that, that that's was, your interpretation of my voice yeah you sound like a surfer stoner dude mm, okay. uh, we had like the that killer. sounds like ozzy had, uh, that sounds like your ozzy voice sharon yeah okay uh, all right okay you need to stop i'm gonna tell people about our guest who was our guest ezekiel kincaid oh yeah and who is he? Well, I found him on Twitter. Oh, did you? He found us, actually. Well, our buddy Bud, who's been on the show previously, uh, he sent Ezekiel our way because he writes for Horrorbound, which is, uh, I guess I would describe that as like an online in- horror uh, anthology. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so anyway, he had like an interesting, like supernatural experience that he wanted to get our opinion on. And as I was talking to him on Twitter, I'm like, mm, okay, we got to have you on the show. Like. Not only are you a minister yeah. or a pastor, is there a difference between minister and pastor? Is that a denominational title uh, Wikipedia, difference? Wikipedia, you got your phone right? in front of you. I do, but I don't want to use it. So anyway, he, he was a pastor for 20 years, and then he writes, now writes horror fiction. So I'm like, this is an interesting combination. We got to talk to him. Uh, but his bio, Ezekiel Kincaid brings a unique and original touch to the horror genre. Why? Like I just said. Well, there are a lot of reasons. First, he was a pastor for 20 years. So he knows a thing or three about the demonic death and dealing with people in crappy situations. Second, the only other language he is fluent in is sarcasm. This means he has a flair for horror comedy. Third, he also has a serious intellectual side, seeing that he has three theological degrees. He can write deep and thought-provoking horror that will make you question everything and poo your pants. He actually writes in, poo your pants, <laughs> at the same time. Finally, Zeke was a child of the 80s and can do throwback better than you can. <laughs> he is from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, <laughs> but currently lives in Blowing Rock, North Carolina. So enjoy our show with the author Ezekiel Kincaid. On the Twitter, which the, I'm not... The Twitter. You the, sound like Larry King. The Twitter. The, the Twitter. Um, I was on the YouTube the I, other day. I'm on like most of... I am on... We're, I mean, Ghostly Talk's on all of the social media platforms, but I know we don't post a lot. Me as a human being, I don't post a lot, but I lurk. And so I always lurk on Twitter, and then one day I get a message from Bud Fugate, who's been on the show, Yeah, and he says, hey... You got to meet this guy that writes for my website, Horrorbound. Uh, I think you get, he's got a story to tell you. I think you guys are really going to, you know, connect and, you know, maybe he wants to be on the podcast. Right. So I'm like, okay, yeah. yeah, cool. So he sends me the information uh, for Ezekiel Kincaid and we start talking and I'm like, oh, this is spooky. Okay. <laughs> we got to get him on this show and yeah. talk more about his experiences. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Ezekiel. We're glad to have you. And I want to jump right in to mm-hmm. our Twitter conversation and this spooky experience you had with this doll, this dream, and this book you are writing and working on right now. Yeah, thank you all for having me. And so I'll just kind of jump right into it. So I have a novel that I am trying to get published right now, which would be my second full-length novel, and it's called Theodosia. 
and it's kind of a blending of the exorcist and Carrie and in the mouth of madness. Ooh. And as I started writing this novel, um, it was kind of the idea of you have this young child and this young girl named Theodosia. It takes place in the early 1800s in North Carolina. And it's hard to tell if she is born evil or if she's insane. And so I'm starting to, to write this book. She has this demon friend named Hoffney that kind of guides her along um, into her descent into darkness. And so I had this book all outlined, and I was about halfway through it. And I had a dream one night, and this little redheaded girl comes to me, and she says, My name is Theodosia, and this is not how my story happened. And the dream was very visceral and real. And she began to walk me through her farmhouse and show me everything that happened. And so I woke up from that dream just kind of a little on edge and uneasy about everything. But I started to to write. And there were times when I would write this book that... I would look up and this little redhead girl would be standing there. And the story kind of drew the inspiration. My mom had a uh, this real haunted picture in her house of uh, this little redhead girl. And it's a real haunted picture from, from Austin, okay. Austin, Texas. And so that's what kind of inspired it. I'm just kind of give you a little background. Yeah. What was haunted so, about the photo? What happened around it? Um, the little girl supposedly fell down the stairs in this house and died. Um, so you can actually look up haunted photos, uh, oh. Austin, Texas, uh-huh. about a little girl, and you you can see the picture. Okay, cool. And that's so you can Google that, and that's the picture that inspired Theodosia. That was hanging in my parents' home okay. since I was young, and so that picture always stuck with me. Um. You know, and it wasn't until I started writing this book that I found out that it was a real haunted painting. So that just kind of added to everything. Okay. Um, so the little girl would appear, and sometimes she would be her sweet little redhead itself, and then other times she would have this kind of um, Reagan look from The Exorcist, and she would tell me how the story would go along. Um, this, this happened for a while, and then once I finished the manuscript, um, I, was, I was done. I didn't want anything else to, to do with her. Uh, but then as I started to try to get the book out there, I was like, well, you know what? I need to kind of do some, some promo stuff with this. And so I bought a doll that I found um, this past October at a Spirit Halloween store. I walked in, and I saw the doll, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's Theodosia. Mm. Um. So I had, I bought the doll and I brought her home. And before I tell you what happened, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. So when all of this stuff was, was happening with, with writing the book, there was another dream that I had and it was her again. And she said, my name's not really Theodosia. It's Sarah Jane Kinsey. And in the book, it's, you know, I'm a, it's not really a spoiler here that I'm giving away because it's going to be no surprise when people start reading it that um, the girl, she she dies in the book at 13 years of age, and she dies in the year 1824. And in the book, so her, in the book, her mother's name is Sarah, mm-hmm. and her father's name is Charles. So I look up this Sarah Jane Kinsey, and the only thing that I can find is a little girl who, instead of in the book, in the book she dies in 1824, but what I find about Sarah Jane Kinsey, she's born in 1824, dies at 1837, 13 years of age. And her name is Sarah, and she has a brother named Charles. Yeah, that's when on Twitter, that when I was reading that, I was like, <laughs> Oh my God. Like, how cool is that to be you sitting there typing that out, just being like, yeah, I'll just do a Google search on this. And then that shows up. Like, that, what? That unnerved me. Yeah. Weird so that, that's when I started to realize that, you know, um, there's probably a little bit more going on here than meets the eye. Yeah. Um, so, just real quick, back to the doll. So, I was doing a promo video after I bought the doll. 
I bring her home, name her Theodosia, uh, you know, showing her to my kids. You know, we're all having fun with the doll. So I put the doll on my horror shelf on a stand that I have with all my horror movies and books and stuff. And I was doing a promo video um, for a site and I did like six or seven takes. And each time I mentioned her at the very beginning, but the video was too long. And so the last take that I took, I didn't mention her at the beginning at all. And it's at the beginning there when I start talking about one of my other previously released books that, uh, you know, Scott and I showed you, I showed you this video and we were kind of debating back and forth a little bit if it was really real or not, but you can see the light orbs coming yeah. from the doll. Um, and I saw that and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is weird. Well, about four days later, I'm talking to a client of mine and she's like, she's, she's read Theodosia. She was one of my beta readers and stuff. And she was showing me these videos of light orbs because I had showed her the video with the doll. And she was like, oh, let me show you this. Let me show you this video. Look at this huge light orb. And it was security camera footage of a front door. And you can see this massive light orb fly out about the size of a fist. And I was like, wow, that's pretty crazy. Well, we start talking and come to find out she's like best friends with the landlady um, who is over the apartment that I live in. And she looks at me and she, she says, Zeke, this light orb was filmed right outside your front door. Yeah. And I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, what's the date on that? She said, October 10th. So that evening I went home and I pulled up my receipt from when I bought the doll and it was October 10th when mm. I bought the doll and brought her into the home. Well, this, <laughs> so, this was from a spirit Halloween. You said, yeah, from, it was a spirit Halloween doll. I walked in and you know, they have those little spirit dolls. Yeah. Um, and I was like, that's Theodosia. Like it looks very similar to her. So I'm going to get this doll and use her as a prop to promote, uh, the book. Um, hopefully whenever it, it does get accepted for publication and come out, um, so that's kind of the story behind everything that's that's gone on with this doll. Um, mm -hmm. I did kind of do a, <laughs> an exorcism over the doll, and I haven't <laughs> had any weird things happen, although there okay. was one time I had a friend over, and they walked by the shelf, and the doll started, like, vibrating, and they got freaked out. They were like, get this doll, put it back in the freaking closet. <laughs> Is is that something it does? Does it vibrate or is I've never seen it vibrate before. Okay. No. I didn't know if it had batteries so, or did something weird. No, it doesn't. There's okay. it's just a hollow plastic doll and <laughs> they they got really freaked out and they're like, get this doll and put it back in the freaking closet. I don't want this thing Return anywhere this. near me. Well what what I find interesting, that's why I pointed it out, is that this was bought at a spirit Halloween. Right? Mm -hmm. Um Yes. It wasn't bought at some back alley antique shop with no. some old man incense burning with, yeah with, with some old man crouched you know with a with a back problem old crouched. cat on the <laughs> checkout counter yeah, yeah. bite on the back street like yep. a chucky doll yeah. yeah you know um that's what i find really interesting about this and that takes my mind down a lot of wild roads like because i mean obviously haunted dolls they're they're that's a you hear a lot about stuff haunt, let's say even haunted, objects. haunted objects yeah right yeah and a lot of times they they you know they have a lot of history behind them. Yeah, they're they're older. Mm -hmm. Let's say they're more antique type things. Uh, all the stuff, honestly, I've come in contact with, I've seen. Yeah, a lot of it is older in nature. This is different. I mean, this is something you bought. I mean, like you said already, it's just a hollow plastic doll, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So what that makes me think about is that you know it don't have to well like anything i mean we, we've said this about houses too yeah. i mean it don't have to be some old victorian house yeah, you know what, uh with a with a witch flying over it no. and stuff like that to be haunted it it could be anything honestly whatever energy might be following ezekiel around right now yeah in yeah. and around this story that he's writing and creating like maybe it's just like oh i'm just gonna go hang out in this doll <laughs> Just gonna go chill here. And I'm also gonna. I'm also gonna have Bert or Ernie's I'm, voice too. Well, that's just Where my. That's my haunted object voice. Hi, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a haunted doll. My haunted doll voice. I don't know. So but, uh, if she, if I hear her talk, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I, but I, I, I do think that's really interesting that, you know, and I think Amber, you're, you're going down the right uh, path on that. Is that, yeah, maybe they're, I mean, we're talking about a piece of art here, right? And mm-hmm. art is an emotional thing for, especially for the people that create it. There's a lot of energy expelled on that um, with your time, uh, with your, with your emotion, as I said. Uh, so why couldn't stuff like that be imprinted on things, especially with something that you're directing your energy directly at. And I don't care where it comes from. Um, it, that seems very plausible to me. Do we want to yeah. play the EVP right now? Uh, it's up. Ezekiel, would you like to do that? Yeah. yeah, go ahead. All right. Set us up for this and tell us what happened during well, don't this. Don't set us up too oh, much. Yeah, we yeah, don't want to set yeah, up let's too see much. What P- yeah. Okay. Um, okay so you know, Give us a light setup. A light setup is I did an EVP with the doll to see if I could record anything and... Um, when I ask if it's Theodosia in the doll, something happens. So we'll just let okay. the listeners see if they pick up on that. All right. All right. This is a two-minute file. We're just going to let the whole thing play out. Okay? okay. Here we go. Okay. I am speaking in the name of Jesus to whatever entity is in this doll. I command you to come forth in the name of Jesus and reveal yourself. Why are you here? Why are you in this doll? Theodosia, is this you? Is there an entity, human or non-human, attached to this doll? If you were here, Make your presence known. What are you trying to tell me? This is your last chance because I am casting you out. Whatever spirit is attached to this doll, I command you in the name of Jesus to leave. I cast you out. You are not welcome here. You leave this doll in the name of Jesus. And I bind you from coming back to her. Theodosia, if this is you, you need to let me know. Or you will be gone for good. In the name of Jesus, tell me who you are. I can't, I like, even if it's, you know, it's not obviously like something comes out like, oh, I am Theodosia. It, it's, yeah. but listening to him do like sort of the more biblical um, EVP session, I guess. It, it, it's sort of you get this anticipation if you're listening to it for the first time, like you must start waiting for something really horrible to happen, <laughs> yeah. and then but it's subtle the things you yeah. hear. Let's look at a couple of these things that I that I I jotted down. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and I'll you know what I'm wired. I'm gonna pause this real quick because mm-hmm. I have to get it where I am. Come on, dude, get, get there. All right. So the first spot that I wrote down wrote down was at the 35 second mark. Mm-hmm. I've queued at 33, so I'm going to play it from there. Okay. Here we go. Is there an entity? I want to roll it back a little further, actually, because it, that was right on the money, actually. I, I nailed it, <laughs> which is not what I wanted to do. So let's play. I'm going to, I'm going to roll it back to 27 seconds. Here we go. Theodosia, is this you? Is there an entity, human or non-human, attached to this doll? Do we want to talk about that for a second? What what I, what I heard is that cool? Can we do that? Yeah, yeah, go for it. So, you know, it, there. I, I, I want to start off by saying this. Sometimes, and you were using. You said you were using your phone for this. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a Sam. It was an Android phone. Um, yes. Good quality. Those things always pick up. Yeah. They're very, they're very clear and sharp. Um, sometimes, though, you know, I want to point this out, and I'm not, I'm not, 
I'm not dumping on this at all. Sometimes you can get little artifacts in the audio, right? However, mm -hmm. what I find interesting about this was that you hear that rapping, let's say, yeah. not not rapping like Run DMC rapping, like <laughs> rapping like you hear like somebody rapping like on a, on a door or some kind of sound you hear, right? Mm -hmm. um, right around the 35-second mark in this file. And you hear it, uh, I think, like five times. And it's the thing is, is it comes right after. It's very quick. It's very quick, but it comes right after your question that you asked, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. A, it's an it's a callback. It's an answer back to that. And I think your email that you had for this, there this was some type of Morse code, or you you guys did pull some Morse code. Yeah. Out of this? Yeah. So when I slowed it down, I heard um, I heard six taps. I heard one, two, three, four, then five, six, really okay. quick. And I looked that up in Morse code, and it means high. Oh my god! <laughs> and so, yeah, that that uh, that made my skin crawl. That's weird. Yeah, that's that's really weird. Trippy. So going forward to, um, well, it would be at the fifty-five second mark. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna roll it back to like forty-seven, I think, just to just get some posterity on it. Um, so let's uh, let's do this. Let me roll it up real quick here. I am speaking. No, no, no. In the here we are. If you were here. Make your presence known. What are you trying to tell me? This is your last chance because I am casting you out. I want to pause it for a second now. I heard some more of that rapping. Yeah, as you were asking that right, right around the fifty-five second mark, or a chair yeah. squeak. I don't know if the squeak was like a chair. I, or... I didn't hear the chair squeak. I just heard the rapping. Oh, okay, what do you think it is? Just curious, what what your thoughts are? Um, I think that it it is the energy from the ghost of this little girl um, that she has kind of attached herself. Uh, to me, to the doll, to tell her story. And that's what this book really comes down to is um, it is at its heart the essence of dealing with the question of God and evil. Uh, why does a good God allow so much evil and suffering? And this family in the book is a very God-fearing family. Um, the dad is a professor of ancient religion uh, at UNC. And so he is seeing this descent of his daughter and this stuff going on with his family. His family is just unraveling. And he there's a very pivotal scene in the book to where he is broken over what is happening with his daughter um, with both of his daughters and with his wife. And he is actually talking to uh, his local pastor who plays a more of a pivotal character later on in the book. And they're having this very real and honest discussion about evil and suffering. Uh, and so at the heart of it, this is really what this book wrestles with. It wrestles with that, that question. Um, because I was a lot of my fans know I was a I was a pastor for for a long time, and so there are times that I like to kind of take the big questions of life and wrap them up in a horror story and give the reader something to think about while at the same time scaring the crap out of them, which <laughs> is what this book does. I've had several beta readers. I've had one not be able to finish it, and another. The others have had nightmares <laughs> over it, so um, I'm hoping that it'll get it'll get picked up soon. But uh, you know, that's kind of what it at the heart of what this is. This is a a terrifying horror story, very visceral, very surreal, um, very in your face, but yet at the same time deals with some deep questions of life. Well, and that's what I want to get into is because your past, you 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 are you have been a minister you you come mm -hmm. from a religious background you have three theological degrees and yeah. then you start writing horror fiction about what three three years ago 2017 i read yes. and then yes. it sounded like from when i was reading on your blog that you had a bunch of people who might have been part of your congregation or family members or friends that are like what are you doing 
why are you doing yeah. this? Um, and started getting judgy on you. And like, and so, and I, and it, this was when I was reading through your post on why you started writing this, mm-hmm. it made perfect sense. Cause when I was introduced to you on Twitter and I went and looked at like your Twitter intro, your, you know, your bio on Twitter. And I'm like, oh my God, he's been a minister and he writes horror. Like your, mm-hmm. your first thought is to be like, huh? Question mark. And then it makes perfect sense when you break down the central themes in horror, which is good versus evil, light versus dark. Um, and, and the rest that you write, sin, fear, preserve, uh, perseverance, survival, and of course the supernatural, which are all mm-hmm. parts of the Bible. So it makes mm-hmm. perfect sense as someone who's been a minister that's dealt with all of these things when you're, when you're dealing with the human condition in general um, to explore this topic through the mechanism of horror fiction it's uh, absolutely you nailed it amber it was a uh, for me as a pastor and all of my experience <laughs> there's nothing that captures the reality of life more than the horror genre uh, based on what i've seen and i grew up as a horror fan have been since i was a little kid and just one day it clicked for me about how to uh unite the two how can I combine my faith with my love of horror? And those themes that you just mentioned, those were the, the things that I saw and, and brought the two together. And it didn't go over well <laughs> at all when I started doing this. I have lost a lot of friends, a lot of family over this endeavor, but it's something that I'm passionate about. This is my I guess my my new type of of ministry, you know, people are like, what in the world is a pastor doing writing horror? Like, why is this pastor do like associating with us horror people? And I'm like, yo, I'm one of y'all. Like, I love horror. Yeah. Uh, and it's not like all my stuff is not preachy or have religious overtones uh, or anything like that. A lot of times I like to write horror just because I want to write a good horror story. Yeah. Um, but there are things that I write where there is definitely – everything is intentional and that's the thing about Theodosia in this book like every scene everything that I do in this book from the very beginning to the very end is absolutely intentional and essential to getting her story told and getting it out there and the story that I think that Theodosia wants people to know is that there are sinister forces there is darkness um there is evil in this world and we have to decide how are we going to respond to it? Because a lot of times we can't control the circumstances and the hand that we're dealt. Um, but it's, how are we going to respond to the evil that comes our way? Are we going to give into it? And like Theodosia, she, she's just consumed with it and she totally follows down this path of no return and the consequences of her life and what she does to her family are absolutely horrendous. Or are we going to hold on to the light and do good and be part of that good overcoming evil in this world? Right. And I know a lot of people that aren't fans of the horror genre or have never taken the time to read a book from it. They're probably a little misguided on what you can actually do and say and and even inspire with a horror book because Stephen King's a good example. Mm-hmm. There's he's like one of the top writers in the world and look what he writes. I know not all of his books are terrifying or, or have like really creepy things in them, but the topics he deals with um, definitely aren't always lighthearted and usually do have that supernatural element in them. Although I have to right. admit, I still have never in my lifetime read a Stephen King novel, which is really oh, weird. You're missing out. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why I haven't. I. It's really odd, but I, I need to put to check that like bucket list. Uh, read Stephen King novel. I was told to just start out at the beginning. Like, yeah, early King is the best. Yeah. So one of these days I'll finish one. But I, it's it's a there's a reason why the horror genre is one of the biggest ones out there, and it and it doesn't have to be like. I do you when you write because of your background with religion, is there a do you ever hold back? a little bit just because of because of your background I did at first um, but after that I, I really I haven't since since like within the first year um, because what I've come to see and th- this is what a lot of people have struggled with 
is um, in my Christian community is they have this inability to separate the art from the artist. So just because I present a character a certain way that he or she does certain things, he or she says certain things, um, he or she responds certain ways to things does not mean that I, in my own personal life, agree with that. Yeah. And a lot of times people are like, well, how can you write this character? And I'm kind of like, well, it's art. I'm creating a story. I'm creating a character just because this character does something. That's not a reflection of my own morality. Uh, you know, and, and that's the thing, like artists and writers, they understand that. But a lot of times other people who don't have that mindset and understand it, they have a lot of trouble grasping that. So they automatically see you in every single character that you write. Yeah. And that's not necessarily the case. I, th I think the judgment comes from, <clears throat> excuse me, especially when it comes from a place of faith. Um, I guess the idea, and, uh, and and this is just me from looking from the outside in, is, well, you're devoted to this faith that we're, all, we're familiar with. Mm -hmm. And how can you let that creep in your mind, something like that? Mm -hmm. You should, and I mean, I understand the idea of purity and things like the purity of thought, purity of body, right? Purity mm -hmm. of heart. Um, and I think that's where to play devil's advocate for a half a second. I think that's where I think people come from, uh, where you get that judgment from, I think. Yeah. Um, and my, res my response, I mean, you're absolutely right, Scott. My response to that is, um, you know, when we look at certain scriptures and Bible stories that are, you know, talk about sex, um, talk about all of this violence and stuff, you know, when you read the scripture, I mean, you're in essence, you're, you're putting those thoughts in your mind. Yeah. You know, you're reading the story about the judges in the book of Judges where they hack this poor girl up to pieces and mail her body parts out to all the uh, the people in the area because of some certain sin that she did. Yeah. And so my response is that the Bible is a very gritty and real book and presents the human condition for what it is. And we are able to read these stories and see the violence, see the sex, um, see the sinfulness, but because there is a bigger redemptive picture at times, a, a lot of times these these things go just right past people, and then it's, it's they say, oh, well, it's because it's the Bible, yeah, and that kind of content gets glossed over. Well, yeah, um, it gets overshadowed because right. I think people the the message that people want to get from that is the obvious message. Right. And all that other little stuff doesn't really matter that much. Uh, I, you know, I think that's a very broad way of, I think, uh, painting, you know, painting that for us. But I mean, I think that's what it really is. You know, or, or they or they term the ends justify the means. Right. right. Uh, and that's why. Yeah, you're right. I think it does get glossed over some of these more gritty elements of the Bible. Yeah. And then, you know, you have a horror writer like me come along and I use violence and stuff in my stories. And then, you know just all hell breaks loose and the stuff hits the fan and yeah. you know it's like oh my gosh how can you write this how can you have this in your story uh, how can you have this violence how can you have this cursing uh and i, I just kind of want to be like you know let's let's go back and let's look at this book that we you know in our community we hold so dear because yeah. of the message that it holds out of christ and redemption in spite of the human condition because the Bible is full of the human condition and what people are capable of. Yeah. But that sets the backdrop to shine off the grace and redemption and love of God. And I think that's what a lot of people in my community miss. Well, um, and it's refreshing to hear this too, honestly, Ezekiel, because um, I think the Bible is just revered, like you said, as this tome that this is the word, this is the mm -hmm. word. That's it. Um, and, and hearing the human condition being, you know, in, injected into the Bible itself is something I, I don't, I mean, I talk about that. I talk mm -hmm. about, I talk about Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Mm -hmm. I talk about a lot. Yeah. Um, and some of the uglier things. And I think a lot of, you know, some people do point out, you know, that's where you get, 
the, the, the angry debating people. Well, the damn Bible's nothing but violence. Blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and I, there's a lot of ways, I think, to, to look at that. I also think that someone who, is, who has a faith, who, who's devout, right, they mm-hmm. can explore disturbing elements in their mind. And that's what a lot of this stuff, I think, you know, horror itself. I think the reason that horror, people like horror so much is because it is a disturbing thing. It's something mm-hmm. that you're not normally exposed to. It's, it's as a lot of people I've talked to, it's a roller coaster ride. It's the same thing. It gives you some type of weird thrill. And yeah, it is morbid. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, can be, it can be scary. And, but I think, it, and it can be, above all, it's disturbing. And... I know, honestly, I, I hate to say this. Well, it don't, it don't, it's not a bad thing, I don't think. I like being disturbed every once in a while. I like having a story yeah. presented to me. I mean, there's there's lines I've drawn, and Amber knows the lines that I've seen where I walk out of the damn room, right? But, <laughs> um, but I like a disturbing premise, more of a disturbing story, right? Mm-hmm. Anybody can take a camera and hack up people and do whatever, and we've seen all that stuff, right? right. Uh, it, it's It's... I mean, it's not easy to do, but it's not hard to do it these days, especially. But for someone to really take a, a headspace of a story uh, and explore that headspace and come up with some very interesting ideas that drive a plot line, disturbing or not, that's what I personally find very interesting. I think that's what a lot of people find interesting about horror, too. Mm-hmm. And I also think that it's okay to expose your mind to those things. Um, if anything for detractors of that sort. And I mean, they have their opinion and that's super cool. Um, is your faith that weak? Is your faith yeah. that weak that you can't handle a set well, of boobies? You can't look at a set of boobies and not freak out or something like that. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. really? Right. I think when you just said that, is your faith that weak? Because there was something else that I, I had to highlight. And I'm, not, and I'm, not, I was... I'm not pooping on anybody here. I mean, it's just, it's just an idea. <laughs> pooping. Right? Pooping. Yeah, I know. I, I hear you. I agree. But there was something else I read in Ezekiel's blog that made me cackle out loud because being a library worker, like I just, I had to chuckle at this. Yeah. But in, in these people that are so fragile sometimes that they, they can only read certain books. So I, I have to, I just, I highlighted this quote. I have to pull this from your uh, blog, Ezekiel. But he says, okay. people are messy and so is life. If you want cookie cutter fiction with two dimensional characters who never do anything wrong, or if you want an unrealistic portrayal of life, there is an entire genre for that. It's called Christian fiction. Oh my, <laughs> I oh cackle. No, I cackle. I'm That's serious. Funny. Because there was always a certain type of person, and I'm sorry if any listener out there, I, which I highly doubt, listens yeah. to Ghostly Talk and avidly reads Christian fiction every night. But there were people that you would see, check out these books, and you were just you, – you, I couldn't help but think like – what do you do wrong at night that you're not telling anybody? Oh, there's, like, some, there's some nasty. What do you there's do? something nasty especially, going on there. Especially oh. the people that read the Christian fiction, <laughs> yeah. but it was um, Amish fiction. Dude, there's Ooh, Amish there fiction? Oh, yeah. What about yeah. – I never knew about all these cool oh, subgenres. Amish fiction, and usually written by, like, a Christian woman. It's not really like the Amish are out there penning I wanna novels. Read a, I want to – Yeah. But it's and and then we would have like little things, you know, when it comes to like Ezekiel getting judged for just putting swear words in, which humans have been doing since the beginning of time. And there was a words of curse. There's well, there was like one example. I remember what book it was. I don't. But one guy brought a book back to the library and he was so upset about the swear words in it that he had taken a pencil. At least it was pencil. And he crossed out every single swear word in the book. As if that was going to like, okay, I just fixed the problem. Now people are safe to read this book. (laughs) He he gets a salute. He's doing his part. So anyway, I chuckle. I just kind of chuckle at like, you know, that whole like Christian fiction land and then people that get so uptight. And like, like you said, like, is your faith that? Is it that brittle? That brittle. Is it that brittle? And, and, And it's not, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that from a place of utter respect when it comes to people's beliefs too. All right. I'm not, I don't, we're, neither of us are here to, to beat up on anybody's belief system. But that's right. my question I have is, is it that brittle that you can't have something put? I mean, because things happen. I mean, I, I, here's, a, here's a good example I think of because I hear people nowadays, and I may have even done it myself once or twice or three times or four times. We'll get there. Um, where you hear people out in public cussing a lot more. Like you hear, I mean, I'll be walking through a store. Uh, and I'll hear people like openly, just like just 
letting off F-bombs and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And then right five foot away, I'll see like a couple of, you know, like a five or six-year-old who are very impressionable at that time in their yeah. lives. And, and I mean, I know growing up, when I was growing up, that just didn't happen. Well, the mm-hmm. F word was didn't... the king of kings. Like, that well, yeah, you, you couldn't. Yeah, if you heard that word, you were like, <gasps> like yeah, well, I have to was... burn my ears now. Well, yeah, Ralphie told us that in a, <laughs> yeah. a Christmas story, right? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm seeing a lot. The world is is changing to a certain degree, I think, and it's... people are getting a little more loosey goosey on things like that. Loosey goosey, loosey goosey. You just turned ninety. <laughs> yeah, I just turned ninety. <laughs> okay. Um, people are getting more loose about things like that. So my point is, if if you're if you're if you have faith, you have this faith that you that you're that you have, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot you're going to be exposed to. I think mm-hmm. that's out of your control. I'm sorry, it's out of your control, especially if you're a citizen of the internet. Oh my god, yeah. uh, there's just things that are going to pop up, uh, you know, on Facebook, for example, that you have no control of. And how do you deal with? Well, then there's a lot of ways you you can you can control it to a certain degree, I guess. Like you know, yeah, mute that, mute that, mute, block this, unfollow, whatever. But still, something's going to sneak in there. I don't care. Something's going to sneak in there. Or you're going to hear a curse word out in public. Or you're going to see somebody uh, spray paints a, a, a phallic figure on a wall when you're driving down the street. <laughs> I've seen that. Which, I'm sorry. That makes me chuckle a little bit. That's but awesome. I'm a weirdo. Um, you're going to see stuff. There's, that's the point. So is it that brittle that you can't handle that? That, it's, that, 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 that phallic thing on the wall that's spray painted is going to just crush your world. <laughs> and you're not going to know what to do after that. Yeah. yeah, that's just my. Yeah. That's a question. That's all it really is. Is just you know, it, is it that week? You know, so yeah. yeah. I mean, I I I totally agree. And my, and this is a lot of kind of my um, issue with a lot of the conservative circles that I used to run in with conservative Christianity. Is there was kind of like this mindset of a us versus them mentality, and we're behind this wall, and you're all out there. Yeah. And that's at my heart. That's never been my heart. Like I've always wanted to go out among the people and be part of the people. And, you know, I'm not out to convert everybody, but I'm out to be like, Hey, I'm, I'm here to be salt and light. This is who I am. This is my faith. If we can strike up a conversation and talk about it, that's cool. I respect what you believe. You respect what I believe. But, you know, if you want to talk about it and have a listening ear, then, you know, here's, here, here it yeah, is. Yeah. And I've always had the mindset of seeing that stuck with me always um, is from Jurassic Park when there's that big, huge pile of dinosaur crap and they're having to dig through it to find yeah. out what's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in my mind, that's what a Christian minister is supposed to be. He's supposed to be out in the crap of the world, <laughs> digging through it and being with people with their issues as they're trying to struggle through uh, the manure of life. Um, and so for me, writing horror was kind of my way to do that. And my book that I have out now, Johnny Walker Ranger Demon Slayer, is a, uh, it's a Bruce Campbell tribute. It's a horror uh, comedy my man. Uh, based off of uh, the spirit of Evil Dead. Um, Johnny Walker Ranger leads a demon-killing team called the Bruce Campbells. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he is a train wreck. He's an alcoholic. Um, he is a foul-mouthed redneck. But he has this call from God to kill demons. And so there's not a lot of demons, so he has to come up with a way to get people possessed to fulfill his calling. And yeah. the thing about the book is, you know, it's it's a horror comedy. It's nonstop laughs, over-the-top gore. I mean, it's, it's like Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah. And, but the thing about it, at its very core, the message behind it amidst, you know, if you were to scrape back all of the humor, scrape back all of the foul language in the book and scrape back all the violence. The message of the book is that yes, we are all absolute train wrecks, but God still wants to use us and he still has a purpose for us on this planet. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of the, of the heart of what this book is. And so all that to say is my, my style is different. I know not a lot of pastors could, bring themselves to do what I do, to write what I write, to pen the things that I pen, but that's them. That's not me. This is what God has called me to do, and he's given me that certain sort of grittiness to be able to pull it off. Um, you know, In my own personal life, I'm very witty, very sarcastic, 
I don't mind like saying things like that, that quote that you read, Amber, like yeah. that's me. I would say yeah. that to somebody's face. <laughs> uh, so, um, and that's, that's kind of what's got me in trouble in a lot of churches in the past. Um, but that's a whole nother topic. I think, well, I think spiritualism <laughs> is changing too, though, too. I mean, I mean, as far as faith, I mean, I, uh, I have family members that belong to uh, that belong to a church, and I've been there. I've been there for baptisms of my my niece and nephew and stuff like that. And um, th- I'm seeing the world change in that aspect too. It seems like a little mm-hmm. bit. I'm seeing things be a bit more laid back. We're not coming in our in our Sunday bests anymore. We're coming in shorts and t-shirts. That that that's what these people. I looked around I'm like because I'm I'm in I'm in a sports coat. <laughs> you know? I'm like okay, I'm going to church. You know, you, 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 you dress up when you go to church. I'm just old like that. And, um, there's people walking in there with, with, with tigers, you know, tigers jerseys on and, and shorts. And I'm like, we're in baseball caps, which well, in, I, I uh, think what's going on here. You have to be, I think religions had to become more approachable and adaptable with well, yeah, the well, newer generation. Well, and it should it's, be approachable. I think it's mm-hmm. not this place where you got to go and act a certain way and, you know, get shushed and, you know, half the mass is in Latin or something. It's just like, no, it's, you're not going to reach out to people that way. And, but yeah, it, and I, I think the, but I think the beauty of that though, is just that, that, um, people do recognize that and recognize that. Yeah, it it is a different time now, and the generation that's coming up that are, that are that do who have faith like this, um, they just behave differently, and they may be more rough around the edges, right? Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people. I mean, as you're saying this, Ezekiel, uh, I'm thinking of some great characters that I've come across over the years of watching movies. I mean, mm-hmm. this little film called The Blues Brothers. I think a few people saw it, maybe, right? No, um, yeah, just a few. Those are, but those are two. Ex- I mean, as far as characters uh, that were written by somebody who I know for a fact had, you know, is in the same boat you're in. They have faith like this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they wrote these two criminal, cussing, smoking, drinking, foul mouthed men. Who fell into a mission from God? Mission from God. A mission from God, right? From yeah. God. Um, and they and they were on a mission from God. There's these are these are mysterious men. You never see their eyes. <laughs> That's actually a chapter in my book, Johnny Walker Ranger Demon Slayer. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> we're on a mission from. Oh, God. you're on a mission from God. <laughs> yeah. God. G A D. Those are though, but those were dirty. Those were rough characters, though. Right. Yeah, they were absolutely. And they were men of faith. Well, I mean, they became men of faith. Right over time, I think. I mean, it's 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 a, it's a that's really digging into the guts of the story. So I don't think that yeah. Going back to the very point, I know we've really beat the hell out of this point, but um, <laughs> going back to because I find it fascinating. I do find it fascinating that I think people who are spiritual who have this faith you're talking about, they do come in all different shapes and sizes and colors and all types of things, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think that's being finally recognized now, and I think that's beautiful. And I also think that yeah. I mean, here's a, I mean, an example of this that I'm thinking of. Uh, there's a club that we, well, we used to before COVID destroyed the world. Uh, but there was a, a rock club we go to see bands play at. You know, really heavy bands would play, right? And not two doors down from that club is a church. It's on a main street in, in a downtown area. And mm-hmm. one night I came there to see some bands play and scream their heads off. And I'm walking in, and these two guys, these couple of guys, were standing there with a little chit, with a little table set up and a big thermos of coffee. And they're like, "Hey, you know, or you want a cup of coffee?" And I, it just sounded good. It was cold outside. I'm like, "Yeah, man, that sounds kind of cool." Um, and of course, you know that well, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna catch you in a corner, which I don't feel that way. So yeah, they did say, "Hey, man, so you know, were you gonna see the bands play?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm gonna see. I'm gonna watch these bands play." And they're like, "Well, yeah, we're from the church down the street." And I know right there, that's when people are gonna go. Ah! And they go running away, right? Yeah. So, um, but I didn't do that. I didn't want to do that. And we ended up having a great conversation. We had a really great conversation, honestly. And mm-hmm. um, and we talked about we talked about love. What is love? We talked about all these things. Of course, my friends um, keep coming out there, nudging me, going, "Dude, you need us to get you out of here." You know. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, "No, I'm good. I'm having I'm having a nice conversation with these guys. These guys are cool. I like them, right?" And I I'm I'm seeing more of that too. Maybe I'm looking for it more, but I'm, mm-hmm. I, I like, cause I mean, I have my beliefs too, but I know most people that run in my circle, at least they're like, they're shut off. They don't want to hear about it. They don't want to hear anything about anything. They, they don't want to hear from anybody who wants to talk about that. Go away. Leave me alone. Where I'm like, oh, let's talk about this for a few minutes. I find this, let's talk about these cool things. I think that's yeah. fantastic stuff. I think the world needs more stuff like that. 
Yeah. Ezekiel, do you still are you still an active pastor? Uh, I am not. Not since I started writing horror. Okay. Um, I've kind of <laughs> it's just okay. shut the door on that part. Um, you know, so horror writing is my my type of ministry, and um, I've been able to you know obviously talk a lot about my faith since I've started doing this and share with people. And um, you know, for me, that's just kind of kind of how it's been. This is the the doors that have opened up for me. And, you know, the fact that I, as a Christian and as a former pastor, I guess, have the guts to write what I write in the way that I do, it's made people kind of take notice. And with my sarcasm and sense of humor, it's made me very approachable. And so people aren't as standoffish. Um, yeah with me about stuff and um, had some great conversations with, with folks just about um, spirituality, uh, about life in general. Um, people coming to me and saying, Hey, you know, this is going on. Uh, you know, I know you're a pastor that writes horror. I'm a horror fan and da, 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 all this stuff. So it's, uh, um, it's been, it's been really good for me in that aspect, kind of a, yeah. There's not, the sub, there's not a sub genre already called Christian horror, is there? Um, there is. Is there? There oh. is. Um, and a lot of times it is, uh, you know, it's kind of, so if you were to take my horror writing and cut out the profanity and the violence, that okay. would kind of be it. Okay. So they might just be like, the monster came and hit us. And then they go to the next chapter. No, the, the monster came. Ouch, I said, dang it, stop. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, oh, no, I'm going to die. I, so I remember a funny story. I remember when all this started coming out about my writing um, and having debates with people on Facebook, um, and we are talking about creating believable characters, I was like, okay, so if I am going to – have a character who is a um, human trafficker and a gang member, and he is holding somebody up. Is he going to tell this girl, "Hey, young lady, oh, fooey, get in my <laughs> darn van"? No, that is not real. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, that's not. I mean, he's going to be saying some very colorful graphic stuff. So. Um, you know, anyway, that you just made me think of that. That's the <laughs> element of it. Yeah. That's what yeah. the element is. And I mean, if you're writing a story, you I think you have to be factual about your characters and how they behave. Yeah, uh, I, I, that's just my personal opinion. I mean, if I saw a story, just like you said, uh, "Hey, you get in my car. We're going to enslave you into sexual <laughs> servitude." I would just if someone pulled up. I can't even say the word that, sexual servitude. I, I would just look at him and go, um. Okay, and sure I would just will. walk away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you're... start looking like for the earpieces. Is this some practical joke? Yeah, like, like mm. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Well, I think what you're doing is really awesome. I think and it's, it's very, it's a cool, it's a different it's, idea. It's cool. I'm glad that people that have a belief like yours are doing things like what you're doing because more people like that. We just need we need that variety um, in everything. That it's not always so cookie cutter or so apple pie when it comes to religion and especially christianity well, and which, art uh, well christianity sure. and art but like i mean how often do you it's like that's what drew me to ezekiel when when bud sent him our way i was like he's a he's a pastor and he yeah. writes more <laughs> what yeah yeah and there's a ton of if, if people want to go to your website they can um head over there which we'll have you linked up um, and uh, so people can click on that easily and, and, of course, put it on our social media. But you have a whole ton of blogs, like because we could even have another show just on Satan. Um, there is like a five-part series called The Psychic and the Supernatural, Rethinking Satan. And yeah. I, I thought this was really interesting just because the word Satan, you write, is a Hebrew word that means to oppose, to obstruct, to accuse, and to challenge. And it mm -hmm. refers to a challenger. And then you kind of go into dissecting the word as, like, it can be a noun, it can be a verb, it can be a person. There's so many different things that are happening with that um, character yeah. and personification. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that could be a whole future show. And your site, <laughs> and your site is EzekielKincaid.wordpress.com. Um, yes, and um, I also write for Horror Bound and Puzzle Box Horror. I have okay. stuff on there is, uh, as well. And that's how, that's how Bud and I yeah. got together through Horror Bound. Cool, cool. 
Well, Ezekiel, uh, thank you so much for taking the time yeah. to talk to us. And this, honestly, this conversation went in a way different direction, which I'm really happy it did. Because um, I, I personally like to talk about faith. I, I think it's very interesting. I like to hear what people have to say about faith and what their ideas are and, and what this mystery of spiritualism may be. Uh, I really appreciate you taking, you know, being open about that and talking about that. Yes, absolutely. Um, thank y'all for having me. And, you know, like we see, religion has played a huge part in horror for a long time. You know, you have the Omen, the Exorcist, oh, yeah. uh, the Conjuring oh, yeah. series. I mean, it's it's kind of embedded in the horror genre. So, so um, Something a bit more sci-fi slash horror that I'm literally in like two episodes away from completing, which is probably going to be my activities after I'm done with this tonight, is uh, Raised by Wolves, which is a new Ridley Scott thing, which I didn't expect the the content to be what it was, but it's very, very, a lot of what we talked about um, uh, here today, it circles around a lot of that, around the idea of faith and the idea of atheism also, right? And and those are the two factions. And that's all I want to say. I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Uh, But there's a lot of that. And it's, it's fascinating. So that's also mm-hmm. a recommendation for you. Uh, also, Ezekiel, if you feel like watching that. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll have so, to check that out. Thank you again, though. Really appreciate it, Ezekiel. All right. Thank you. Ghostly Talk. <laughs>